Amen. We join Jim in welcoming you uh, to free worship today. Do it. All right, y'all got to help me this morning. Do it. Do it yourself. And I've told every week that I've stood up here that it does not mean that you are independent from God. Listen, everything we do, we do with the help of the Lord, right? Matter of fact, it was Jesus that said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So it's not a proclamation of doing it without him. But I believe what this series has been doing is it has been informing us of our responsibility. This series has been hopefully helping you realize that you have a part in whatever it is you need from God. You have a part in in that. And so whatever it is, whatever expectation you have of God, watch this. He's got that expectation from you. And so we've got to remember that. Matter of fact, I was reminded as I was studying uh, this weekend when, when the man came into the temple and he had the withered hand. Listen, nobody ran out and stretched out the hand for him. Jesus looked at him. He said, stretch forth your hand. Look, nobody's coming to do it for you, but if you want a part of the healing, Jesus like, look, if you want a part of this healing, then you got to be willing, healing and willing, come on, <laughs> to stretch forth uh, your hand. And so that is what this has been trying to teach us. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've been stuck on David at Ziklag. And I'm going to sit down in just a minute. Just stay standing. It'll make the message seem shorter if you stand a little bit. It's a little lengthy today, but I'm going to get through it. You guys are going to have to listen fast. I'm going to preach fast today. But we've been... We've been dealing with David at Ziklag for the last few weeks, and I've just not been able to put it up. And I could go on with this sermon for probably a month or so, but, but anyway, we're going to finish it out today. I can let you know today's the end of Ziklag, but next week will be the end of the series, Do It Yourself. And so I pray as you leave today that you'll sign the table. If you want to put a little message on there, put it. If you want to put a scripture, put it. But there are some uh, pens out there that you are to write with on the bottom of that table that we've been working on. If you sitting here today and think, I don't know what you're talking about, then you've, you've missed the series because we're working on a do-it-yourself project in the lobby. And you guys have done a phenomenal job on that table. And now we're going to sign the bottom of it and then we'll finish it out uh, next week. But as we were looking at David, it's been helping us to understand what to do when life hits. And it hits hard. Listen, the story of David can help all of us realize what to do when life smacks. <laughs> or maybe I should say when life shocks. And so we've been studying that. And I want you to stay with me as we go to the scripture today. You know the scripture. I shared it with you last week. Everything's been burned. David's property's gone. His wives, his cattle. Everything is missing. And I told you step number one was what? Somebody help me. You got to weep. It's all right to weep. It's all right to cry. The Bible says David stood there with 600 militant men and they cried till they could cry no more. The second stage is be sure don't get bitter. Listen, if you'll not get bitter, it will get better. It takes a lot longer once you're bitter to get it better. But if you'll not get bitter, it will get better. And the third step we shared all in the same week was to encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't wait on somebody else to give you an boy, but go on and encourage yourself. Some, some scriptures say strengthen yourself in the Lord. And then that week we also preached that you got to be sure and get a word from God, right? Be sure and get a good word from God. And David asked God, he said, shall we pursue? And God said, yes, sir, go after them. Last week I shared you got to reorient your, your vision. you got to refocus. Listen, because here's the deal. Watch this. You have to refocus on your purpose because when life hits, you will lose focus. Oh, I don't know who needs it this morning. Listen, but when life hits, you will lose 
refocus. Since I shared that last week, you got to refocus. And there's another section in that I'm not going to share. But after you refocus yourself, you got to regain your passion. You got to regain your your passion. Write that down, look it up, and read it later. Because there's nothing worse than losing passion for something that you once had passion for. Listen, and so when life hits, puts you in a funk. Listen, you got to say, you know, I got to repurpose myself here. Why did God put me here? I'm losing. I'm losing my purpose, but I also got to be sure not lose my, my passion. And so I'm not going to preach that, but you be sure and look that up. Go with me to this 1 Samuel chapter number 30. If y'all was at a rock concert, you'd stand for three hours. So quit, quit giving me them eyes. We're going to stand. I get through the scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Y'all think I can't see you. Chapter 30, verse number 9. David took the 600 men with him, and he went to Belzar Ravine. And about 200 of the men stayed there because they were too weak and tired to continue. But David and the other 400 men continued to chase the Amalekites. Why? Because he got his word from the Lord. The Lord said, yeah, you go after them. You go and, and you fight them. And watch this. And David's men fought, uh, excuse me, found an Egyptian. I'm trying to get to the message. <laughs> David's men found an Egyptian in the field and took him to David. They gave the Egyptian some water to drink and some food to eat. And the Egyptian had not had any food or water for three days and nights. So they gave him a piece of fig cake and two clusters of raisins, and he felt better after eating. David asked the Egyptian, who is your master and where do you come from? The Egyptian answered, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. Three days ago I got sick and my master left me behind. So we attacked Negev area, watch this, where the Karatites live. We also attacked Judah and Negev where Caleb's people live, and we burned Ziklag. Uh-oh. In fighting words, right? We, we burn Ziklag. David said, that's, I, I love it. David kept his posure, composure, right? David, David asked him, will you lead me to the, to the families before I punch you? I know he had to be thinking it. It's not there, but I know he had. The Egyptian answered, if you'll make a special promise before God, I will help you find them. But you must promise that you will not kill me or give me back to my master. The Egyptian led David to the Amalekites. They were lying around on the ground eating and drinking and celebrating with many things they had taken from the Philistines and from Judah. David attacked them and killed them. And they fought from sunrise until evening of the next day. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who jumped on their camels and rode away. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two eyes. Nothing was missing. Look to your neighbor and tell him nothing's missing. Come on, nothing's missing, nothing's missing. And he found all of the children and old people and their sons and daughters and their valuables, and they got back everything the Amalekites had taken. David brought everything back. And they took all the sheep and the cattle, and these men led these animals to the front of the group and said, This is David's prize. You may be seated all over the house today. Listen, I want to share with you that after you have wept, Listen, after you have been real careful not to get bitter over the situation, after you've encouraged yourself in the Lord, after you've gotten your word from the Lord, after you've refocused your vision, and after you've regained your passion, you must attack. Listen, you must attack. I'm telling you, it was now or never for David. And David was out hundreds, somewhere like five to one is what they tell me as you study this scripture. But listen, I have learned in life that you don't focus on the size of your battle. Listen, you focus on the size of your God. Come on, somebody. Listen, and David's fought before. David, watch this. David and his army has fought for their lives, but they never fought for their wives. 
Come on, it was now or <laughs> y'all like that? Listen, they had a lot at stake. And so you read the scripture and you find out that they actually battled for 24 hours. The Bible said from one day, uh, from one day until the next evening, they began to battle. And listen, I felt like God inspired me and told me this weekend to tell the church that it is time to come to reality, that there are actual principalities and powers. Listen, there are actually places of darkness and wicked spiritual beings. Watch this, who intend to rule this world. Listen, who intend to ruin your life. Come on, I'm going to drive up in your driveway. You're going to think it's happening to everybody else. But no, watch this. There are principalities and powers and darkness that wants to destroy our families. Y'all better listen to me today. Listen, wants to devastate our finances. I'm telling you, we are not living in a fairy tale world. This stuff is real. And whether you like it or not, we are engaged in a spiritual battle. Listen, we're engaged in a spiritual battle with spiritual wickedness. And, and listen, everybody else can sit back and just watch and wonder what's going to happen and watch families being destroyed. But listen, I'm the commander-in-chief of this army, and I am declaring that it is time to attack. Uh, it is time to attack the enemy. Listen, preaching is not just my job. Listen, preaching is not where I just get my paycheck. Listen, I take seriously the responsibility that God has given me. I don't take lightly the position position that God has given me as commander-in-chief of the free worship army. Y'all better hear me in the house. And I need some folks that's ready to rise up and fight. I need a few folks that says it's time to attack the enemy instead of sitting back and letting the enemy attack. Come on, attack us. Somebody ought to shout, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Listen, life is not a game. And if you think it's a game and you keep playing, you'll get played. Listen, Peter described it like this. He said that Satan is as a roaring Lying, seeking, seeking, prowling, cruising, lurking, sneaking. Y'all get this now. Stalking, scrolling, inquiring, rummaging, probing, scouting. Whom he may devour, whom he may consume, whom he may swallow, destroy, seduce, waste, assault, harm, molest, possess, overthrow, wreck. Are you hearing me? Who he can ruin. Listen, it's not a time to be playing. Come on, folks. And neither should, neither should the church. Neither should the church, because listen, the demonic aim is to take away every, watch this, the demonic aim is to take away every good thing that God has given you and every good thing that God has intended for you. Y'all believe me? Say amen. Listen, if you don't believe me, turn on the news. Matter of fact, I haven't watched very little news this week. I, I really didn't. I didn't even realize that Israel had been attacked. Listen, but, but it has been, and you better believe this is the fulfillment of the scriptures that are taking place. And so we got to plan an attack before the attack. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, I'm telling you, this, this was not David's first battle. Y'all know that. David is a fighter. Listen, David is a, is a leader. Matter of fact, probably the most famous battle that we all remember because they started in Bible school. Which one? Was when he fought Goliath. And, and the Bible tells us that he went down to the, to the brook and he picked up five little stones. I think that's what I got there, five of them. Five little stones. He didn't take but one, but he went ahead and packed five, right? Well, I want to give you five things that you might need to pack in your sack. Listen, as we begin to attack the enemy that is going to attack us. I ain't in my notes, but that turned out pretty good. I'm just saying. <laughs> listen, I'm going to give you five stones to, to put in there. And listen, they're simple. They're things that you know, but we so often forget them. Listen, I'm telling you, wait to the attack, and then you begin looking through your bag. And you're like, wait a minute, I got a stone for that somewhere. But, but no, today I'm going to just give them to you fresh and anew and uh, let, let the scripture, I, I pray today, just work us in a, in a special way. I want you to see this, five things that I want you to pack in your sack so that you can be ready when the enemy attacks. Watch this. Number one, and I share this all the time, you got to know the word 
of God. Listen, you've got to know the Word of God. According to Ephesians, it is the sword of the Spirit. Listen, and if you don't know how to use the sword of the Spirit, then you're going to go into battle not knowing how to fight. Listen, you've you got to know how to fight. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. He says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does that mean, Pastor? Paul said, don't you get out of that fighting and not knowing the word. You've got to get out there. Don't you get out there. Listen, you are not going to be able to fight in this era that we are living in if you don't know the word. Listen, I love John 3, 16, but if that's all you got, you're going to be in trouble. I'm just saying, you've got to know. You've got to know the word. Listen, you have got to understand and know the word, and that's why David cried out and said he wanted to hide the word in his heart that he might not sin against God. And listen, the word of God becomes the sword of God and the sword of the spirit when we hide it in our heart. Watch this. And we speak it through our mouth. That's it. Listen, you ain't got to take it and beat nobody with it. You just speak it. All you got to do is, oh, y'all stay till next week. That's going to be next week's message. You just, you just got to gotta speak it. Jesus did it. Listen, when Jesus was tempted, what did he say? It is written. How did he fight? He fought, fought with, with the word. Listen, he, man shall not live by bread alone. I mean, he just began to fight the devil with the word. Look, tell him, you got to have a word. Pack that away. Let me give you the second thing. It's old-fashioned. Y'all going to like this, some of you today. <laughs> Listen, the second thing you fight with is you fight... In the name of Jesus. Listen, the Bible says there's no other name. Come on. Listen, the Bible says that God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, watch this, of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm telling you, when you go to do battle, you do it in the name of Jesus. Listen, don't show up trying to do battle in who you are. Uh-oh. Listen, don't show up. I'm the pastor of free worship. Boom, you're going to get hit. <laughs> now, you better show up in the name of Jesus. I'm a deacon. I'm a prayer warrior. No, no, no. You better show up and fight in the name of Jesus. Listen, it is at the name of Jesus that demons are, are cast out. It is at the name of Jesus that sickness is healed. It is at the name of Jesus that those things that are bound can be loosed. Are y'all hearing what I'm teaching to you today? you got to fight with the name of Jesus. It is with the name of Jesus that you can forgive when your body and your mind will not let you. It is the name. It's because it's through the name of, it's through the name of Jesus. Listen, it is the name of Jesus that destroys the works of Satan. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen, you battle in the name of Jesus. He's the one that said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I'm telling you, you go to fight, you just call out Jesus. You call out Jesus. Come on, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to go a little bit old-fashioned. Watch this. Not just Jesus, but the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let's ask the third stone. You've got to pack the blood of Jesus in the book of Revelation. The Bible says they overcame him. Who? The enemy. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word. Oh, y'all better catch this. And the word of your testimony. I told y'all I got to listen fast. I'm going to preach fast. Listen, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. I don't know if you don't know this, but there is power in the blood. Come on, listen. There is power in the blood. Listen, do not base your attacks on your merits. Don't base your attacks on your good deeds or your good doings, but you base them on the blood of the Lamb. Listen, and the blood, the testimony that you have of the blood. Listen, don't tell them what you did. You tell, tell them what the blood did. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, listen, when you're fighting the enemy, tell him what the blood did. Can I get a witness uh, in the house today? Listen, I'm telling you, you got to claim it. I don't claim any, I don't claim any power because I'm the pastor. I mean, there are some pastors. I'm, 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 I'm the pastor. No, no, listen, I am born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what I can fight in. That is the strength that I fight in. There's no weapon that's more powerful 
than the blood. Guess what? Satan cannot cross the bloodline. Because if he did, then he'd be a saved Satan. And guess what? That ain't, that ain't going to happen. It tells you in the book he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Let me give you number four because I want to get where I'm trying to go today. Number four, watch this. The fourth thing that you pack in your bag if you're writing these down is prayer and praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer and praise. It's like a double-barrel shotgun. Why? Prayer? Prayer is worship, by the way. Listen, prayer contains spiritual power. I want you to understand this. Abraham was a man of, of prayer. That's why the Bible calls him the father of faith. Moses was a man of prayer that led the Egyptians, uh, led the Israelites out of, out of bondage. Joshua was a man of prayer that took over after Moses, his servant, was dead. Listen, David, as we've been teaching for the last three weeks, was a man of, of prayer, one of God's greatest warriors. Matter of fact, God said, he is a man that's after my own heart, but he was a prayerful man. Elijah prayed and great miracles would take place happened read through your bible isaiah prayed and daniel prayed even jesus was a man of prayer listen jesus understand the power he understood the power of prayer matter of fact before every moment of what he did research it you'll find out jesus would pray before he did it listen when jesus was facing temptations i just told you what did he do he prayed. Listen, before he began his ministry, he prayed. Before he chose his disciples, he prayed. Listen, before he would heal, he would, he would pray. Before he would take communion, he would pray. Listen, going to the cross, Jesus prayed. While on the cross, Jesus prayed. Jesus understood the power and the connection of prayer. But praise, watch this, is the other barrel to the, to the shotgun. I don't mean to be talking about guns. But I like them. It's okay. Listen, praise is the other side of, of the gun. And it is a powerful force. I want you to get this in the spirit realm. Oh, I think we miss it so often. I think, oh, the praise team, they just did so good. Or, or maybe some weeks we say, oh, they didn't do as good. I'm just saying, y'all do my preaching the same way. And, and we, that's not what it's about. You know, time out. That is not what it is about. Praise is not about whether we did good or we did bad or whether it sounded good or it sounded bad. It's not about the music. It's not about the selection. Listen, it is about the fact that Satan cannot function. Watch this. In an atmosphere that has been saturated with the praise of God. I'm telling you, if you're finding yourself depressed, start praising him. I'm telling you to change the atmosphere of the demon that is trying to speak to you. When you're finding yourself alone, start to praise him. I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere that is around you. Remember King Jehoshaphat, what did he do? You would have thought he would have called in the Marines. Congratulations to, right, God, to RJ. We're so excited uh, for him. Let's give it up. Thank God for watching over him and keeping him safe all during these time. But listen, if I was going to call up the army, I'd call up the Marines, but not King Jehoshaphat. He said, find me somebody that can sing. He said, find me somebody. Get me a musician. I want to send them out. Because you know, he said, I can change the atmosphere before we ever get there. And he knew the power of it. you got to understand that Paul and Silas knew the power of it. That's why they began to sing at the middle of the midnight, right in the middle of their worst moment, right in the middle of, of struggles in their life. They began to sing because they knew they could change the atmosphere of where... They were. So I want to encourage you today. When you're having a bad day situation, listen, when you don't know which way's up, listen, when life has got you crazy, when the spouse is crazy, when the bank account's empty, just begin to praise. <laughs> Come on, just begin to praise the Lord. And I've heard people say, well, Pastor, I, tell you, I, I, don't, I just don't feel like praising. Well, you need to turn in your armor because you're about to lose the battle. You hear what I'm preaching today? <laughs> Let you might as well turn it in because you're about to lose. I want to encourage you, praise him when you don't feel like praising him. Listen, praise him when you don't feel like getting up. I dare you to go on and praise the Lord. Anyway, I'm telling you, it will change the atmosphere. Listen, the dark world cannot function 
in an area that has been saturated with praise. Come on, somebody. Y'all better get this. Y'all need to help me run him out of here today. Somebody ought to just take about three seconds and praise the, the Lord. Just praise him. Praise him. It's an atmosphere of, atmosphere of praise that's just powerful. That's, that's step number four. Let me give you number five. Watch this, the cross. You got to understand this because we got to realize something. In the spirit world, everything flows. All victory flows from the victory that was won at the cross. Listen, we got to get an understanding of that. We got to get an understanding of that it is the cross that gives us our spiritual victory. Listen, that's why Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. In other words, the world's out there like, man, they're crazy to meet on Sunday because I can just stay in the bed and get my stuff done. But unto us that are saved. Did y'all hear what Paul said? Paul said, but unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. There is power that flows from the cross. Listen, it was at the cross that our sin debt was paid. We talked about that earlier this morning. Listen, it was at the cross that Satan's dominion has to come to an end. Listen, it was at the cross that the law that they were trying to follow all of a sudden became grace. Listen, it was at the cross that they had hatred and malice towards Jesus, but they found love all flowing from the cross. Listen, it was at the cross that death had to give over to victory. It is the it is the cross. You better pack the cross. You might want to get your little wood one. I don't know. Put it in your bag. Do whatever you got to do. But it was at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I'm happy. All day. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1 and 20. Where's the wise? Listen, where's the scribe? Where are the disputers of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, is pleased by God. Watch this. By the foolishness of preaching. That's why my, my preaching is crazy sometimes, right? <laughs> by the foolishness to save them, watch this, that believe. For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews is a stumbling block. Unto the Greek it is foolishness. But to them that are called... Listen, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God, watch this, is wiser than men, and the weakness, watch this, of God is stronger than any man. In other words, folks, when, you, when life is jacked up, listen, you can position yourself for victory based on the cross. Look to your neighbor and tell him, I'm about to attack. Go and tell you now, I am about to attack. And listen, you attack and you can position yourself for victory, because the truth of the matter is Jesus Christ is Lord. And listen, the enemy is defeated. Y'all do know that, right? He is, he is defeated. He is already defeated. We're not trying to defeat him. He is. You got to claim that over your situations and over your life. Christ is victorious and Satan is vanished. Listen, I'm telling you, the cross disarmed Satan. The cross disarmed Satan. So I want you to get this as we look at David and you get a word from God. That's number one, you get, you get in the word and know the word and watch it. You do it in the name of Jesus. You do it in the blood of Jesus. You do it with prayer and praise and then you do it with the cross. And listen, I just hope that helps you today not to give in and not to give up and not to feel like you're being overtaken. But no, no, no. David said we're going to attack. We're going to attack. And so that's why I want to share with you today on how to do it yourself and I've given you the steps you can weep when life hits it's, all, it's okay to cry okay just to pour out before the Lord I told you that I taught you that God collects those tears 
Listen, as the song says, tears are language God understands, and it is. It's not really biblical to say that, but it is because he collects them. And he says he records every single, every tear that you cry. God said, I'm recording it in heaven. Listen, you don't get bitter. You encourage yourself in the Lord. You get your word from the Lord. You reorient your vision. You regain your passion, and then you attack. But let me show you one last thing, and then I'm going to be done. Watch this, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 18. And the Bible says, David recovered all. That Malachites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and that's a whole other story that was during their time. I won't hear it. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither great nor small, nor sons or daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered most of his stuff. David recovered. I'm just making sure y'all awake. David recovered. Oh, and the Bible says, And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before the entire with other cattle. And they said, This is David's spoil. Now, I want you to just, uh, this is David's prize. I want you to just imagine the scene with me just for a few moments because the battle's over. It's been long and hard and fought for 24 complete hours. And the victory is, is won, but David's tired. Yeah, can, can you just imagine just for a few moments? Have you ever been through something that just got you tired? Listen, David is worn and he's, he's tired because the truth of the matter is the enemy is not a walk in the park. <laughs> let's, let's just be honest. It's spiritual. It's, 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 it's strong. It's got, the enemy has strongholds and he's, he's powerful, but he's not more powerful. Greater is he that is in me. And so I just imagine how David was, was worn, worn out because this was not an a, a easy, easy doing. And folks, there's days that you will be tired. Listen, there are days that I'm tired. There's days that I'm even weary. Listen, there's days that I'm just, I'm just wore out. And sometimes it's not even the enemy's attack. <laughs> sometimes it's people. Amen. Then the enemy will, will use it. It'll wear you down. I just want to keep it real and just tell. I don't want to just tell you, man, you're just going to fight. You're going to be good. And you're going to go home. And whoop, no. No, David was, David was tired. And David was wore out because fighting a battle was not, was not e easy. And I just thought about how David could have sat there. Let's say, if David really wanted to, he could have just soaked in his pity. Listen, David could have, David could have sat there and just threw up his hands and said, you know what, you win. I'm tired of this. I'm just, I'm, I'm done with this. He could, have, he could have just gave in to the enemy. He could have joined forces. He could have joined forces with the, with the enemy, but he didn't. David showed up to the enemy's camp, and David took back what the enemy had stole from him. Listen, I can't help but believe that David had been reading probably in Joel chapter number 2 where God spoke to Joel and said, and I will restore to you the years uh, that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the pommel worm, my great army which I sent among you. Watch this. And you will eat in plenty and be satisfied. And the praise, watch this, the name of the Lord your God who dwelt wonderfully with you and my people shall never be ashamed. I can't help but believe that David didn't sit there and think, you know what? I'm going to recover all because God has made me a promise and listen I want to tell someone you got to get your head out of the sand and realize that God is there to help us along in the battle stop giving in to depression stop giving in to feeling like the enemy is overtaking you no I believe David he was the one that wrote I will look into the hills from which cometh my help because my help it comes from the Lord the maker of the heaven and the earth and so you may be here today and your situation has had you biting your nails but God sent me this way to tell you, you will recover all God is a restorer 
restorer, and God is a restorer, God. Come on, I don't know who this word is for, but I'm telling you, you have wasted enough time worrying over your situation. There's no more time for shame and the blame game and pouting and doubting. Listen, quit pouting and doubting and start shouting. Come on, listen, I'm telling you, it will change the atmosphere and what you are going through because you are going to recover all. I'm telling you, you work that into your spirit. You are not going to recover a portion. You are not going to recover just a little bit. You're going to take back all that the enemy has stole from you. I dare you to go on and declare that I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. I'm too equipped to be whipped. Come on, I'm too saved to stay in the grave. You are going to recover you're going to recover all. I'm telling you, somebody needs to declare that over your life right now. I'm not wasting another breath doubting the Lord. I'm not wasting another night's sleep worrying because I am going to recover. Woo, who am I talking to today? I'm going to recover all. I dare you. Come on, stand to your feet all over the house and give him about a 30-second shout of victory if you believe that you can recover all. I'm telling you, everything that has been taken from you, you can recover all. Go on and let him know right now, I believe that I'm going to receive because you can believe and receive or you can doubt and do without. Yes, you may have been hurt. Let's, guess what? But you are not broken. Yes, you may have been victimized, but you are not the victim. You may have suffered, but you're not the loser. You may have failed, but you're not a failure. You are an overcomer. And go on and give him an overcomer shout in the house. Now, I'm you may have got knocked down. I dare you to get back up. I'm telling you, you may lose the battle, but you will not lose the war. You may suffer loss, but you will recover. You'll recover all. You'll recover all. And you can just remain standing. Why says you can recover all? Ronald, you come. God made him a promise. Pursue. Verse number eight. God said, yeah, I want you to go. Pursue and you shall overtake them and fail not and you will recover all. And you see it in verse 18 and 19. David recovered all. Verse 19 says he was lacking nothing, great nor small. Verse number 19 says that David recovered all. And listen, God spoke to my spirit as I was studying and said, somebody needs to get this into your spirit to understand that you are going to overtake take the enemy. You are not going to fail. You are going to recover everything. You may say, well, pastor, I'm just not sure. Do you really believe it? You better believe. <laughs> Listen, you better believe. I believe it. Salvation has positioned us for victory. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, you got to hear that today. Salvation has positioned us for victory. Listen, God has already set into motion your recovery. You recover and all. Listen, because of what he did on the cross of of Calvary. Listen, because of what he did, we, we serve a recover all. God, it all flows from the, from the cross. Listen, God restores all things through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And so what happens is your faith in Christ, watch this, it unites you with the recover all God. Listen, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, it, it reunites you, re you to a recover all. Listen, your faith is what connects you. Let me just say it another way. Your faith is what connects you to God's grace and to God's recovery plan. Listen, you may have been hit with something in life that is absolutely unbearable. Let's just be honest. Knock the breath out of you. Listen, see, your fight may not be the Malachites, but your fight might have been that you lost your job, that you loved. Listen, your, your fight may be that your business failed or your finances have failed, or you felt betrayed, or maybe it was a divorce, or a crazy wayward child, or death of a loved one. It's okay. Guess what? You are going to recover. You're going to recover. Oh. Listen, I don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. 
It's not up to us to know when it's going to happen. Listen, it don't have to make sense for it to happen. Because watch this, faith needs no justification other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Say, Pastor, I just don't understand how in the world I'm ever going to recover. Pastor, you really believe that, that God's going to give me back what the enemy has stole? Watch this. God's reputation is on the line. Listen, God's reputation is on the line. And the Bible says that he is not slack concerning his promises, as some men may count slackness. But if God says you was going to recover, you're going to recover. Recover all Samuel 30 and 20, and I'm done. And David took all the flocks and the herds, which they drave before those of the cattle, and said, this is David's prize. Listen, David had recovered, recovered all. Now, I don't know, but I could have left off the story and not preached the rest of it last week, and, and you wouldn't get an understanding of just how good God was to, to David because it gets even better because David began to look around the camp, and not only was he in possession of his stuff, but he had the stuff of the Amalekites. Ah, uh, y'all got to see this. Verse number 26, And when David came to Ziklag, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, sent some of the stuff, in other words, some of the prizes, some things. He gave to his friends, and behold, a present for you, watch this, of the prize of the enemies of the Lord. So let, let me tell you what I'm trying to tell you today. When it looked like everything was gone for David, watch this, David actually came out of his catastrophe, watch this, better off than he went in for it. Listen, David ended up with more than he had before the fight ever started. And so I just want to encourage somebody today. If you're in your awful moment, hold on. Listen, hold on and just wait on the Lord because the best is yet to come. Listen, that that you think is going to destroy you is actually going to bless you. Whoa, I don't know who needs it. I don't know who needs it. Listen, that that you are thinking is going to destroy you is going to actually bless you. The very thing that has been alarming, the very thing that has been shocking and terrible and unnerving and maybe a worse day experience for you is a stepping stone for a greater blessing. It's a launching pad to even more that God has for you. Listen, you will recover all. Listen, the devil never knew that the crucifixion of Christ, he thought he had won. <laughs> Listen, but he didn't realize. See, that dark moment in history, that dark moment that Jesus had to go through, that the world looked at and they just thought, oh, it's over and it's done. Are you kidding me? No, even more came out of it. Even more came out from the cross because of it. And that day that looked so dark, that day that looked so ugly, listen, God gave us even more. Listen, it's still given from generation to generation. It's still being passed from generation to generation. And I just want to encourage you. It may seem dark. It may seem lonely. It may feel that all has come against you. It may hurt for the moment. Listen, but God can turn it for good. This is Romans 8 and 28. says that we ought to know that he is. Paul said, this thing I know. He's working all things together for my good. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today. Listen, faith gives you that audacity to believe. Listen, it takes faith to stand in the ashes of ruin and say, I'm going to recover all. Listen, easy to come here on Sunday and get a hype. I, I, I get it. It is. But listen, I'm telling you, it takes faith. It's the audacity of your faith to stand in the middle of your mess and say, you know what? You know what, devil? 
God's going to bring something out of this. You know what, devil? I'm going to end up with better than what I had. You ain't scaring me. You don't scare me because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And so today, if you're standing in the midst of tribulation, I come to decree it's going to be triumphant. Listen, if you are standing today in the midst of failure, it's going to turn to fortune. Well, I feel like I'm prophesying. Listen, you stand here and it may feel like you had a disadvantage. It'll become your advantage. Listen, that very thing that you feel like it hurts, it's going to end up help. Are you hearing what I'm teaching to us today? The very thing that feels like confusion is going to become consolation. Listen, the very thing that you think is grief, watch this, it's going to become your grand slam. Misery, mission accomplished. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You've got to believe it. You've got to have the audacity of the faith to believe. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you listen, you're probably sitting here thinking, wow, how can he have that much faith? It's the cross. It's the cross. It's the Word. It's believing in the Word. It's trusting in the Word. It's taking those five stones to battle and trusting that God's going to do it once again. At this time, we open up our altar. You come today. If you want to come today, hey, come tell him. God, I'm recovering all. God, I'm looking to recover all. God, I come to take what the enemy Oh, man, I'd march like a soldier. I'd say, I come to take what the enemy has stole from me. I come to recover all and then some. And then some. You come.